Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Friday, September 8th, 2023, and this is show 132 of the podcast. Today, I'm teaming up with the fantastic Billy D, who does two fantastic podcasts, World on Fire and Magazines and Monsters. A couple of weeks ago, I did something similar with Ross Aitken from Stop, Let's Team Up. We were talking about Steve Gerber, co-creator of Howard the Duck on this show. Then over on Stop, Let's Team Up, we talked about Howard the Duck. Both shows came out the same day, and it was a way for both of us to expand our podcast and get more exposure. I think the two shows made for fantastic listens. Oh, if you don't know who Steve Gerber is, you need to do some research on that guy. He's an iconic creator. Now with Billy, we're doing something science fiction this time around. A genre I don't do much on the show. I'd like to, but I can only put together so many shows at one time. Here, we discuss a nicely done adaptation of the first Star Trek movie from the 1970s. Such a cool comic, Billy Dee didn't even know it was even around. Over on his show, we're talking about a comic book I didn't even know it was around. It's a Marvel premiere, a done-in-one story about Seeker 3000. It looks like of Star Trek, but it kind of isn't Star Trek. Again, both shows are out today. Go check them out. And when you're done with this show, go hop onto Billy's other show and look at what else he's doing. You'll find everything to know about his shows, information on Ross's shows, and the show notes. Please give their shows a chance. Listen to them. They're doing some fantastic work. If you're new to this podcast, thanks for checking it out. Hope you continue to sample the show. Please look at the show notes. Like I've said, follow the podcast on social media. Subscribe to the podcast. I want the podcast to continue to grow. And as I've said, introduce fans to a different way of discovering and reading fantastic comic books. Now on to today's show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have back Billy D from World on Fire Podcast and Magazines and Monsters. Today's kind of a cool special episode. It's the first thing I first time I tried it. Consider it maybe a crossover team-up episode. We're going to be talking about Star Trek, the motion picture movie uh, adaptation that came out during the Bronze Age. And over on Billy's show, we're talking Marvel Premiere 41, which is about Secret 3000, which is kind of a Star Trek feel, but not exactly a Star Trek feel. So when you get done with this, hop over to Billy's show, check it out. You'll find a link to his show in the show notes. Now, Billy D, before we start talking about that comic book, tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so, you know, like you said, I had those uh, two shows, Magazines and Monsters and A World on Fire. Uh, a World on Fire started out just as, uh, you know, uh, an All-Star Squadron podcast. And then uh, once we finished with that, uh, it kind of morphed into some Earth 2 and Elseworld stuff as well. So, yeah, really uh, having a great time with that show. This, uh, this November will be a three-year anniversary for that. Uh, so, yeah, that's really cool. And then uh, my other show, Magazines and Monsters, I've been doing that one a little bit longer. Uh, that one's going on four or five years, I think, now that I've been doing that. And that's a that feed has, you know, the main show, which is Magazines and Monsters, where I'll talk about classic horror and sci-fi movies. And then every other episode, I'll talk some comics in there as well. And then it has a Bronze Age horror comics uh, show in there. 
and then also a show where I talk uh, Brave and the Bold from DC, the the volume one, and anything written by Mr. Bob Haney, who is uh, you know my my favorite DC writer of all time. <laughs> gotcha. So we're here to talk again about the Star Trek uh, movie adaptation. Now, Star Trek movie came out in 1979, and it's been trying to get onto a movie for years, and there's a lot of hype about it. Now, Star Trek was really published in a, as a gold key comic book, and it had a good run. It ran from 1967 to just before the movie came out, when Marvel was able to snag the rights to Star Trek. And the did this three-issue adaptation and originally appeared in a oversized edition, which Marvel did a lot back then. They really were into magazine adaptations of uh, all kinds of movies. And this was released three days before the movie. And it is oversized and very different than I expected. Billy, what was your initial impression? Well, you know what? Let me tell you about the creative team. Sorry. The cover, is Bob, the cover was by Bob Larkin. You can tell it right away. He was known for his painted covers over at Marvel's Comics during their magazines. He did a bunch of Doc Savage pulp novels for Bantam Plus. Marv Wolfman wrote this. Marv Wolfman is a legendary, iconic creator. All you new comic fans need to go to Google and look up Marv Wolfman. This is right after his Tomb of Dracula wrapped up. Another one you need to read, folks. But before I went to DC to create the new Teen Titans, Yes, Marvel Wolfman with George Perez created New Teen Titans. Marvel Wolfman also co-created at Marvel Blade, Bullseye, and Nova. At DC, he was co-created, of course, the Teen Titans like Nightwing, Cyborg, Raven. And he was a co he was the author of the uh industry changing storyline, Crisis at Infant Earth. We never read Crisis. There's your homework, folks. The artist of this was Dave Cockrum. He had just left X-Men a few months before. And was very upset with Marvel, so he quit. Uh, and Claus Jansen was the anchor. Jansen originally got a big break inking Salvisimi and the Defenders. Then he became the long-running anchor for Daredevil from 124 to about 196. People, you need to need all these creators. A lot of the creators you listen to, and I'm sorry, you read their stuff today or observe their art, their stuff were influenced by these creators. My podcasts are influenced by these creators because they have storylines and stuff that still hold up over time. Crisis on Infinite Earths is like 30 plus years old and I probably read it every couple of years. This particular comic book, Billy had never read it before. I've read it before several times. Billy, what'd you think of it? Well, I thought it was fantastic. And again, I'm not surprised... Uh... Mark Wolfman, one of my favorite writers of all time. Like you said, Crisis was huge, but for me, he's a, a Marvel, you know, magazine work here and there. But of course, the Tomb of Dracula, which is my favorite horror comic of all time. And Dave Cockrum goes without saying his X-Men work. I know this might be heresy to some. I prefer his X-Men over Burn. I do love Burn, but I just there's something about his X-Men I like just a, a tad bit better. And Klaus Janssen, like you said. Anybody that hasn't uh, seen his work, if you're not into older comics, you need to pick some Daredevil up. That's just uh, uh, great stuff. And briefly, uh, Dave Cockrum, he actually got a start over there in D.C. doing Legion of Superheroes. The Legion of Superheroes mm-hmm. is another great run, especially during the Bronze Age. I highly recommend you checking it out. It's fantastic. Much better than recent iterations of Legion. Not that I ever say anything bad about comic books, but I do like the Bronze Age version better. 
So anyway, let's mm-hmm. go back to this comic book. What'd you think about it? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I know a lot of people don't, uh, I, I shouldn't say that, but uh, it seems like uh, the, the majority of voices out there seem to uh, not really love this, uh, Mar- um, excuse me, not Marvel, this Star Trek movie as much as later movies. But I think it's a really good movie. And this adaptation was absolutely fantastic. I, you know, I just, I could not believe how good it was. See, people look at, you know, the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies and, and see the special effects. Back then, this Star Trek movie, along with Star Wars, and even Superman with Christopher Reeve, that was cutting edge science or um, special effects. And this is a really good movie for the time for special effects. It really was great. And just mm-hmm. to see everybody back together again, this uh, adaptation is very long, but I found it to be a very faithful adaptation to the movie. Mm-hmm. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Absolutely. And uh, that shocked me. And not because um, I think creators try to do a disservice to adaptations, uh, but usually they do kind of take some liberties with things. And this, I thought it literally looks like the movie put to paper. I I was just you can't give Marv Wolfman and the the team here enough credit. And we talked about uh, lots of times Bronze Age books are known to be very wordy. This one's wordy, but it's actually balanced out with the art. It, It just... You know, it, there's nothing, you know, the, the words don't overpower the art. It's nicely put together. The pacing is really well. I I, I really was surprised with how well this went. Mm-hmm. You know what else I noticed? I just noticed this, the coloring. Marie Severin did the coloring. Mm. Now, yeah. you folks who don't know who Marie Severin is, Stan Lee had high regards for her. She was a great colorist, very well loved in the Marvel bullpen. She did a lot of coloring, and this coloring is very psychedelic at times and very unique and very different. It's like she was taking chances in her picks of colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with you there. And Marie Severin, great artist in her own right as well. And she, for a long time, I don't know why this was, Maybe it didn't happen until those reprints came in the mid-late 80s of EC Comics, but she did a lot of the coloring for EC back in the day, too. So she was around a long time. Fantastic lady. You know, uh, back in the late 60s, before the Incredible Hulk got his own title again, when he did get his own title again, Maurice Severin was the lead artist on the new Incredible Hulk title at the time. That shows you the kind of faith that Stan had, you know, in putting... You know, Marie as the artist and, you know, her strength. She doesn't get a lot of credit because people think about the Silver Age. They think of um, John Buscemi, uh, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko. They forget about her. They forget about her brother, uh, John Severn. Stan Goldberg was a big colorist. He helped design the color mm-hmm. of Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. And he also did uh, a lot of art for Millie the Model. Uh, mm-hmm. Millie the Model was Marvel's bread and butter before the age of heroes. And yeah, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and, and those big names are good, but let's not forget these other people like Marie who helped make Marvel what it is today. Yeah, totally. Great, great point, Ron. Yeah, absolutely. That's just, there are a lot of those names that for whatever weird reason, I don't know why those people, I mean, for a long time, anchors, letterers, and colorists didn't even get credit in books. It was just the, the writer or scripter and the penciler, and that's all you got. And it's a shame because those names you ran off, you know, it's a, it's a list of uh, a who's who of early comic book creators. 
Exactly. You know, and this storyline um, actually is 56 pages long. It's been reprinted by IDW. IDW took uh, a lot of these older things and you can get under Comicology Unlimited and rent it through that, borrow it. It might be on Hoopla, but you know what? Go look for it. Buy the copy. If you're into, go to your comic shop. It's got to be around somewhere. If you don't want, go to your digital. This is a great read. I love this comic book. Wouldn't you agree? It was a great read, Billy. Oh, oh yeah, fantastic. And I did look quickly before we jumped on here. You can literally find a copy of this uh, IDW reprint for like five bucks on eBay. So there's no excuses. Billy D, before we wrap this up, you have the final words. Anything you want to say? Yeah, just thanks for having me on, man, and getting uh, me to read this comic because I had seen this before at a show or a shop here or there, but it's usually a wall book because it was the Marvel Super Special Edition, so it's a little pricey for that uh, version. So I was never able to read it until uh, now. So thank you, man. This is a fantastic uh, read here. Thanks, Billy D, coming onto the podcast. We won't wait so long. I hope to have on you. I hope to have you on the podcast again soon. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it, man. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.